This is MIA2K Podcast, and we are your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We are your pilots, Kathy and Laura, two fun-seeking girls with obsessive fandom tendencies taking you on a ride through the Hallyu wave from our perspective as opinionated, grown Latina fans from Miami. Before we close the cabin doors, make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you like to watch, our in-flight podcast video is available on YouTube and Spotify. Once we reach our cruising altitude, we'll be serving one thing and one thing only, piping hot tea. We're ready to fly into today's topic with our hot and sunny takes. So fasten your seatbelts, sit back, relax, and prepare for takeoff. Hi, everyone. So today we are here to trigger ourselves and all of you listening because we have to talk about the disgusting operation that is Ticketmaster and Live Nation Entertainment. In this episode, we'll cover some backstory, key points, our own experience, some stories that you guys have shared with us on Instagram, as well as the current news happening in the courts right now. Yes, we are. So before we begin, we need to start at the very, very, very beginning. Well, what exactly is Ticketmaster? Ticketmaster is an American ticket sales and distribution company based in Beverly Hills, California, with operations in the U.S. and in many other countries around the world. So even if you aren't American or live in the U.S., we're pretty sure you've heard of Ticketmaster. Mm -hmm. In 2010, uh, Ticketmaster merged with Live Nation under the new name Live Nation Entertainment. And then Michael Rapino is the chief executive officer of Live Nation, and he's a, a Canadian-American business executive and the chief executive officer, as I mentioned, and president of Live Nation Entertainment, Inc., which was formed in 2010 following the merger of Live Nation and Ticketmaster. And I'm name-dropping him because he has a Twitter, so we can all tell him to go fuck himself in person. I mean, virtually or whatever. So just before we start, let's say something. And what I want to say is I fucking hate Ticketmaster with every fiber of my being and this is going to be a very ranty episode so i'm very sorry if you don't want to be angry right now don't listen but if you want to be angry later come back and be angry with us because there's no happy ending today this is going to be a full rant through and through and i apologize in advance for how ranty it's going to be i personally had a very long week like not a good week at all so the fact that this is not a very happy episode. I think it's falling into place with the shitty week that I've had. So, and we if both I'm got smiling, angry just doing research. <laughs> yeah. If I'm smiling, it's fake. <laughs> yeah. So, now that we got the basics out of the way, let's talk about why Ticketmaster is the bane of all music fans' existence. If you like music and you like going to concerts, I'm pretty sure Ticketmaster is your public enemy number one. Like, period. Yep. <laughs> so there are three main issues that we as music fans face with Ticketmaster. There is the issue of the monopoly, which we'll get into right now. There's the issue of the pricing and the fees, which we'll go into a little bit later. And then there's the issue of the scalping. So let's start with the monopoly conversation. The definition of monopoly, as per Wikipedia, our bestie, is... A market with the absence of competition, creating a situation where a specific person or enterprise is the only supplier of a particular thing. In law, a monopoly is a business entity that has significant market power, that is, the power to charge overly high prices, which is associated with a decrease in social surplus. Rings all the bells. So to 
really do the exercise ourselves of like, hey, is Ticketmaster really a monopoly? There's one page in particular that takes into account the visits just to see how a page ranks in the public eye. So Ticketmaster has 113.6 million <clears throat> visitors a month. Because, of course, that's basically the only pay place where you can buy tickets for events. And we'll get into why in a little bit. But, like, the second, I guess, competitor in the U.S., at least, is called Axis, AXS. And they're an American ticket outlet for sports and entertainment events founded in 2011 and owned by Anschutz Entertainment Group, which is AEG, which you might be more familiar with if you're from Europe or just from abroad. And they're the world's second largest entertainment promoter behind Live Nation Entertainment. So I just mentioned that Ticketmaster has 113.6 million views or visitors a month. And then Axis doesn't even make the top five of like monthly visitors. So the actual top five is StubHub with 19.8. So we went from 113.6 to 19.8. Like the difference is astronomical. LiveNation.com, which is the same people. So it's not even competition. It's just the other website where you can deal with the same actual people. For 19.5 million visitors, vividseats.com, 17.6 million visitors a month, songkick.com, 17.1 million visitors a month, seatkick.com, 14.4 million visitors a month, and then it's Axis with 16 million visitors a month. And this is as of February 2023. We're recording on March 30th, so at the end of March, we'll see those figures next month, but I'm not seeing much of a change in those numbers at all. And so... As I mentioned, we're going to talk about why this is an issue of why everyone has to go through Ticketmaster. It's not just like we have a choice. We literally don't have a choice. So things are this way because Live Nation, which is, again, the company that Laura mentioned merged with Ticketmaster back in, 2020, in 2010, Live Nation owns over 400 venues worldwide. Like they have contracts with these venues and you can only sell tickets to events in this venue via Ticketmaster. So we have no actual choice in the matter. Industry experts also say that 70 to 80% of major US venues have exclusive contracts with Ticketmaster. 80% guys, we're not talking like, <laughs> like the monopoly is monopolying. Like it's very obvious here. So in 2019, the Justice Department found that Live Nation had ex exerted pressure on venues to sign with Ticketmaster or risk not receiving Live Nation shows which obviously violates a consent decree signed when the company's merger was approved. So in the U.S., when let's say like Pfizer and AstraZeneca, which are two huge pharmaceutical companies, if they wanted to merge, it has to go through Congress. And Congress will ask them a bunch of questions and they'll be like, no, we totally promise that we're not going to do those bad things. But then they do them. It's what's happening right now. Live Nation and Ticketmaster back in 2010 or before that, whenever the conversations were happening in front of Congress, said that all these things were not going to be an issue. And guess what? It's an issue. And for example, just a brief, we're going to mention Taylor Swift really quickly, and then we're going to get more into them later. But the whole Taylor Swift concert debacle that is happening right now with the Eras Tour, Taylor Swift's official promoter was AEG, which is the second company that we talked about that is the second competition in the US and more like it's bigger worldwide. Even though they're their promoters, AEG claimed it could not use its access ticketing platform because the vast majority of NFL stadiums contracted with Ticketmaster. So again, even with the art, when the artist is like, fuck Ticketmaster, let me work with someone else, they're so screwed. 
it's just how can you not call it a monopoly when in the U.S., 80% of the major venues have contracts with Ticketmaster. Like, it's yep. it's ridiculous that anybody would think that it's not a monopoly. Like, it's just... It's very obvious. It's very blatant. So, the next issue, and I'm laughing through the pain, guys. I am <laughs> laughing through the pain because the next issue that we're going to cover is pricing and fees. And... This is where we'll be talking about our own experiences too, because this literally, it like we just went through this to get sugar tickets like less than a month ago. So like the pain is like very new. Yep. <laughs> like it's it right is. here. Yep. <laughs> like it's just, it truly is the worst thing in the world. Concert goers are esti estimated to be paying about 30% of the ticket price just in fees mm -hmm. which if you think about it like that's ridiculous yeah ticket and once the tickets in the hundreds like the that is money literal money yeah so a ticket master has three different fees that they show one is the service fee another one is the facility facility fee and the last one is a processing fee so this these fees are, are, are really, really annoying because you see the ticket price and you're like, okay, this is a, maybe not affordable, but I could do this. Mm -hmm. You start clicking, you get good seats. You're like, yes, I'm in. And then you click go to check out. And if you actually make it to the checkout page, your ticket prices go from being affordable or like, okay, I can do this to, oh my fucking God, what happened here? So one of the things that I found out when we were researching this episode, which kind of made sense, but also kind of pissed me off a little bit too, is if Ticketmaster is so bad and a lot of artists say it doesn't really work out that well for them, why do a lot of artists and a lot of venues continue to use them? So there was this LA Times article that was talking about the service fee and they found through their like research when they were writing this article that the service fee is intentionally kept separate so the list price could look cheaper or more affordable and to create the impression that it's only Ticketmaster that pockets that fee. Mm -hmm. What they're basically saying is Ticketmaster is becoming the punching bag of a lot of artists so that they don't get the slack of saying, oh, my God, look at all these fees that are taking our money. It's freaking Ticketmaster. When in reality, it might be Ticketmaster, but it's also the artist, too. So and let's say, for example, really quickly, if the service mm -hmm. fee is twenty four dollars and we're talking about a forty thousand seater stadium event that's $960,000. Like that's a million dollars that they're pocketing just in fees because we know that they're keeping other parts of the money, but that's, right. that just goes straight to their pocket. So, right. And one of the reasons that this article in the LA times mentioned that it was so important for artists to keep that, keep themselves out of that narrative is because as of the recent years, artists music artists make most of their money through touring like 
outside from K-pop, people really aren't buying like CDs or albums anymore because they're mm. streaming services. So really where they make their most money is through tours where they can sell merch and they can sell tickets and all that stuff. So yes, this episode is about how terrible Ticketmaster is, but I also feel like we need to hold our artists accountable 100%. because why? <laughs> like, it, it's not, it's not just Ticketmaster. You get what I mean? Like yeah. there has to be a way that and, big artists can fight this. Like, I mean, we know like even with touring being their biggest source of income, at the end of the day, it's not even from the concert concept of itself because a production of the concert costs so much money. Like it's mm -hmm. it's a thing. It's known that Rihanna went into debt with one of her last tours because of how expensive it is to produce a show. The dancers, the travel, the food, like for everyone, like it is a money sucking experience. And then if artists are not really going to get money from that directly, they have to get creative. And now they're kind of opting into this fucking scheme basically because it's just yeah. what it is yeah so when I found this out I had to like take a pause because it was just my blood went like boiling I could feel it but yeah and that's just one of the fees like there's also the processing and certain facility fee like literally for what to take my heart earned money <laughs> just for that. Mm -hmm. literally so kathy can you please tell us <laughs> what dynamic pricing is so i actually <laughs> forgot to look into when it actually started because it's a it's a relatively new thing this is as of the last couple of years ago i actually did research it okay and i remember it started in 2020 2019 of course it 2020. did, of course mm -hmm. it did. so yeah what had happened was <laughs> When Laura and I have tried to buy music concert tickets before, which is plenty of times if you follow us, like, you know, that we are out here going to every concert available. When we went to buy concert tickets, there was this new cute little button that said official platinum, which sounds like you're some VIP special person. But all it really means is that you're getting charged based on what Ticketmaster deems is the actual like market value of the ticket. So when when you see the official platinum button on Ticketmaster, first of all, you have to opt out of official platinum because it's it's like automatically like on. So you have to turn it off. And then when you go and click like the little information button because you're an information queen and you need to know what's happening, it says the event organizer has priced these tickets according to their market value. Tickets do not include VIP packages. Availability and pricing are subject to change. So basically, official platinum means you can pay $1,000 to be in the nosebleeds because quote unquote market value says that that's normal. And what bothers me is the way that they put event organizer when a lot of the events are organized by Live Nation, which is Ticketmaster. So it's not the event organizer, it's Ticketmaster. <laughs> Through Live Nation. The call like, is coming from inside the house. Yeah. Yeah. So as Kathy mentioned, this is something that's relatively new. And the way that Ticketmaster sold this to artists and to the public in general is they said it was 
a system touted to give artists a higher share of the revenues that would otherwise be coming through resale ticket sales. And I got this little snippet from a bunch of articles that came out um, when dynamic pricing started to be a thing. And it was from Ticketmaster to all these news outlets, like they're like little media blurb, like here, this is what we're trying to do. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for the artist, which honestly, again, <laughs> yes, it's Ticketmaster, but also the artist can opt out. And sure. Because we know. Sorry, go ahead. I know I said and should. You said it can, and I said and should. Yeah, like we know Beyonce was very it Beyonce? famously. Yeah, very famously just yeah. did a whole like when you have that big of a power that you are Beyonce or Taylor Swift, like that that name means something. So they can work with Ticketmaster and they can say, This is what I want for my fans to experience. And Ticketmaster will have no choice but to say, sure, God, Beyonce, yes, whatever you want. Most right. of the artists, even though they have the power in theory against Ticketmaster, maybe they just don't have the means in real life. That's true. Like, it's That's just true. expensive on the back end and not everyone has, not every artist is as successful and rich as we think that they are. So. That's very true. You're right. I'm sorry, artist. I love you. No, no, no. Fuck uh, the artist still, but it's just. Yeah, I know. I know. But I can, I can sure. say I love yeah. them for a little bit. Sure. For two seconds. And then this is another thing that made my blood really boil is they never tell you what the original cost or what the base cost of the tickets are. So you never know if you're getting a good deal with official platinum. And I don't mean a good deal because you never get a good deal, but you don't know how badly you're getting screwed. So the tickets might be going for a thousand dollars and you're like oh wow well this was, was going for a thousand dollars but it's like a good seat compared to the one that's like all the way in the back that's going for like now two thousand dollars or like 950 um so wow like i'm doing so much better because it's just 50 dollars more and it's a better placement and then you click and you get the little receipt or you see the actual ticket price and the tickets were like 95 dollars <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, I got screwed that much. That's always fun. Very fun. And also, like, so let's give an example. So when we were buying tickets for DPR last year that they were coming, a lot of the mm -hmm. time, a lot of us, like, we work, right? So we have jobs. The tickets go on sale during work hours. Sometimes we can't really access Ticketmaster from our computer, so we go from our phones. When you look at tickets from your phone, it's a different experience than when you look at it from the computer. When you look from your phone, it's not as easy to opt out of the filter or to see the filter being there. So like when we were buying tickets for DPR last year, Laura got on the phone. I was looking on my phone as well, trying to get in. First, you have the stupid queue that says that there's 2,000 plus people in front of you. It could be 6 million. It could be 2,001. It's still going to tell you 2,000 plus, which is fucking annoying yeah. to start with. And then you get in and then we're both looking and she's like, okay, I found these tickets for like 233 per person. And I was like, listen, I love DPR. There's no fucking way that we're paying like $250 each to go see them. And then I like, I literally had to ask her like, are you in official platinum view? And she's like, I don't know. I can't tell from like the way that the phone is set up. So then I looked on my side and I was like, Hey, okay. I just looked and I made sure to turn off official platinum. There's tickets for like 45, $55. Like the increase was five times what the fucking ticket yeah. price was. And it wasn't even like a significantly better like section. 
it wasn't a significant it was literally the section next to us that she was looking at and I was looking at mine and because we were able to do that at the end of it we were able to pay in total with fees and everything about 250 for three tickets instead of 250 each which is what we were almost about to pay because they do it in such a way that you can't even tell that you're being fucking scammed and a way that they actually do this there was an article by uh, the C- CBC, CBC, which is like a Canadian news source, mm-hmm. and they did like a like an undercover situation or Love whatever. That. They like brought like data people and like they did a whole bunch of stuff. And one of the things that was said was that they Ticketmaster creates the demand for tickets when there might not be one they do that by not putting all the tickets on sale at the same time so for fans like us which go on the computer 30 minutes before tickets go on sale they're not putting out all the tickets at that time so if we're like 2000 and they only put 50 tickets out they're creating demand because we're 2000 people looking for tickets at that time so obviously the prices are going to be higher so that's why sometimes you go in and you're like oh, being a good fan, trying to get tickets like the day of like trying to go and you see these ridiculous prices and you're like, fine, I'll pay for them. And then a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, right before the concert tickets come out and they're way cheaper than when you bought them a couple months before 100%. when it used to be if you bought them right before the concert. It would be a little bit more expensive, <laughs> yeah, but not anymore. So no, that's always fun. Very fun. And like we mentioned earlier, the anger really here, especially in this segment, goes to two different places. So official platinum from the beginning, I have felt like the only word that you can use to describe it is predatory. It's a predatory practice that preys on the consumer. Like it's just made to fuck all of us over like the artists a lot of them are in their fucking mansions swimming in money and here we are paying like what 20 30 40 50 percent of our paychecks if not more to go see them for two hours for what so sometimes even one hour to be honest sometimes not even so exactly so the thing is again the artist has a say whether or not Ticketmaster puts out the tickets in official platinum or not. Like they they disable the function if the artist says to not do that. So for example, and this hurts me in my fucking heart because like Laura mentioned, we just went through it with Sugar a month ago. BTS as a group does not allow for official platinum dynamic pricing. When we went to PTDLA, PTD Las Vegas, whatever concert has happened, the official platinum thing has not happened. And it's only been face value. That's that's all you can find. It's very fair. It allows access for all the fans first and real fans, allegedly. And that's it. But when Suga's solo tour got announced, there's we've seen a couple of things with Hybe that there's an allowance for things to happen when they're solo that is not present when they're a group. And with Suga, they allowed for official platinum. And it was fucking ridiculous. It was a bloodbath out there. Like the amount, first, we knew that there wasn't going to be enough tickets because out of our group of friends of like 10 people, one got a code. 
to start with because then they do like the verified fuck you verified i said fuck you to laura because she's excited because she's the one who got the code i'm still not over it i'll never <laughs> be over it like there were two sugar stands in our group and none of and neither of us got the fucking code but so Ticketmaster does this thing where it's like verified fan sale you have to like use your army membership number in the Ticketmaster site and you have to validate it on two apps and it's like this yeah. complicated ass operation for them to like of course there's an absurd demand and they try on quotes to mitigate it by having fans with like paid memberships like you can't just be a random bot you have to have a paid membership whatever which at this point i guess it's it's still happening because all the fucking tickets are up for resale anyway and so we get the stupid code we try to get in the thing and then we're looking at nosebleeds for 500 bucks or whatever and then all of the entire uh, floor of the concert is GA, which is the most ridiculous thing. I mean, again, that's on Hype. That's not really on Ticketmaster, yeah. I don't think. But it is it is painful to be a fan and to just want to see the artists that you love. And like everyone who knows me and who is on our social media pages, follow at MIA2K podcast. That's at MIA, the number two k podcast if anyone follows us they know how much i love sugar mean yungi augusty little meow meow big purple it's a fucking thing everyone who like sees something of, of him sends it to me right away they know like they it really do i it hurts me in my heart whatever like happens with him and for us to have these tickets in our cart in our shopping cart and we are like do do I go into debt to see this motherfucker or do I like safeguard my future kind of thing? Like these are the decisions we're talking about. We're talking about thousands of dollars in one ticket for a couple of hours. Plus, not to mention, because no one in fucking K-pop comes to South Florida, almost no one. We have to add travel like on top of it. So we have to add uh, flights we have to add hotel airbnb whatever yeah we have friends in a lot of cities so we're trying to figure out if we can stay with our friends instead of having to pay for a hotel but there's also the uber to one from the airport to one from the venue there is food because we have to eat to survive and like you know all these fucking expenses at <laughs> the end of the day like is it worth it's it it's ridiculous to go into literal actual fucking debt like the amount of heartbroken armies that we saw on TikTok the day of the concert ticket sales and the days to follow that we're just like, yeah. I can't do this. I can't justify spending a thousand dollars on a fucking concert ticket, even if they mm -hmm. don't have to travel. It's ridiculous. So yeah. we're just all here heartbroken, like, you know, fuck you, Ticketmaster and fuck you, Hive. Like at the end of the day, it's what it is. I was looking through Twitter to see if people had shared their experiences too. Mm -hmm. And I found this person um, that tweeted about the fees that Ticketmaster was charging for Drake tickets. Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to point it out because it's, we said they, they charge about 30% of the ticket price. This is, this is the same amount as the tickets. So their total was $1,085, $1,085 for two tickets. Their actual tickets were $544, but the fees took it all the way to $1,085. So bro. that's, you're right. That's what the hell. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> how is that even how is that even allowed like it, it makes no sense it truly makes no sense another one that like comes to mind because i just found this little thread of of, of a k-pop fan that was trying to help other k-poppies get their money back for the nct dream tickets because that was another whole fiasco mm. so dreamies they tried to get tickets to NCT Dream because like obviously who wouldn't and they bought tickets to this person saying that they bought general admission tickets the day before for $411. They looked again the next day and the exact same ticket was for $320. But it wasn't like dynamic pricing. It was literally the same ticket without dynamic pricing. They literally just changed the face value of the ticket. like, And because of this, actually, NCT Dream concerts, from what I understand, are not sold out. Mm -mm. And some of the tickets now are going for really, really cheap because people are just annoyed and they're not buying it. Well, and also, like, the U.S. scalpers are aware of the power of K-pop. So That's now true. the like it's bots galore on on like launch day they buy out all, all the fucking tickets because AI and machines are faster than any of us humans will ever be. They mm -hmm. buy out all the fucking tickets that go at face value. They put them up for resale because they know that K poppies are very invested in their artists and they will pay to see them. And then there goes all like you know all hell bros breaks loose for people like us. So with that, that's a perfect segue. <laughs> to talk about the third point that pisses us off about Ticketmaster, which is the scalping and reselling front. So as Kathy mentioned, bots are faster than humans. All these people that are using bots to buy tickets also have faster internet because they can afford it because they're reselling they're these tickets. The ethernet and they're just like literal actual fucking machines. Yep. And I mean, at least... Personally, we think that the verified fan measure thing that they use is not enough because I don't know, man. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it even matters. Because, for example, for HYBE, for HYBE artists, mm -hmm. you need to be part of their fan club in order to get the insert here fan club membership, right? Mm -hmm. The thing is, you can buy memberships mm -hmm. literally on the spot right which before. is not fair yeah. yeah right so literally anybody can become a member if they have 22 dollars plus whatever yeah. processing fee it's literally linked out of Ticketmaster. like Ticketmaster says you're not a member yet you can become a member here and they link you to like weaver so you can buy the membership so literally there's no stopping anybody from becoming a verified fan like it's not like from what i understand other groups that don't have ruling admissions, you have right. to become part of the club at a certain time during the year. And if you don't, you're out of luck. You need to wait until the next year. Right. Hybe has ruling admissions or ruling entry fees or whatever it's called. Right. And you can become a fan at any time. Mm -hmm. So what does even verified fan mean? Nothing. It just means you pay $22. It doesn't matter whether you pay $22 20 years ago i mean i know they haven't been out for 20 years but right. I'm exaggerating but yeah this. but five seconds ago or you've been right. for years it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter so plus like for other non-k-pop artists all you have to do is just sign up for Ticketmaster and wait for the lottery how is that a verified fan 
you're just clicking a link, putting your information and hoping you get chosen. So part of that CBC news article or study that I mentioned earlier, they went into how Ticketmaster works with scalpers. So like I mentioned earlier, they don't put the tickets for sale at the very beginning, like all tickets for sale at the very beginning. They hike prices mid-sale and then they collect fees twice for tickets scalped on their own site. I've sold ticket. I've, I've resold tickets through Ticketmaster because it's the easiest thing. People already are going into their website to buy tickets and that's what they're banking on. And I've been charged ridiculous fees for selling my ticket through Ticketmaster. So even if I wanted to sell it at face value, I can't because I'd be losing money because of the fees that they're charging me, even though they already charged me whatever percentage of the ticket when I purchased it to begin with. Yeah. So it's like, seriously, twice? You're doing to me twice? Even real estate is not this predatory. Honestly. <laughs> And sometimes we have no choice because like I said, most people trust Ticketmaster that their tickets will be like real. Yeah. So they buy tickets, whether it's at the time that they're sold or resold through Ticketmaster. Yeah. And it's it's not super new, like official platinum level new, but a few years back, let's say maybe, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, Ticketmaster did not have a reselling feature on their site. They right. they started reselling because like SeatGeek, StubHub, whatever other reselling sites were already doing this, and they were like, "Fuck it, let's let's capitalize on like this phenomenon that is already happening." Like people want to resell tickets, they can do it on our site. Like when whenever we went to buy concert tickets, I think for Bad Bunny in like twenty twenty one or whenever. Yeah. It was crazy because we saw like, first of all, that was another one. Shady-ish practice that happens and it's more on the artist side. Yeah. Bad Bunny was fully prepared to do three nights in Miami. Like there's yeah. no question about that. So they create the demand. They put the first like night on sale, which mind you at this point, like it was the, the peak pandemic. There was like people still hadn't been able to go hoe out like they used to. So this seemed like, you know, they had to make sure that they were going to be able to go okay. twerk and perrear to their lives content. So the demand was heavy for Bad Bunny to when he came in April of 2022. And we were buying the tickets in April of 2021, a whole year in mm -hmm. advance. So we were in the queue for day one. Nothing. I, we never get through. I mean, I think Laura did. I didn't. I, I did, got yeah. a pop up that said at some point, there's too much demand. We've we've put in a second night and then I stay on the queue for the second night. And then like an hour and a half later, they're like, there's too much demand. Do you want to be put into the thing for night three? And it's like, you make all these people want and you make it seem like there's limited supply to like hike the prices and hike the experience and make it just fucking horrible for everyone who is like on this system. And then like, it also happened. We're going to mention soon with Drake once you like you only say there's a first night so the the demand is huge right? right so you can hike the prices and then the next day you're like oh surprise night two is happening and now it's going to be cheaper than the day before because now the demand mm -hmm. is not as crazy because all the crazies already bought night one so then right. all the crazies on night one paid significantly more than the crazies for night two 
and I'm not calling anyone crazy. I'm fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, we both are crazy. So uh, to, they're going to pay significantly less night two because there isn't that sense of urgency that, oh my God, it's gone. Right. You know that there was already a night one and that crowd is gone. So it's right. just, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, honestly, the re once, once Ticketmaster was like, oh, we can turn the seats pink and people can see if it's a resale thing. Like it was over for all of us. The second of that all happened. of us and uh, billboard in 2019 recorded a conversation where Ticketmaster said that they work with resale sites to resell or to sell resale tickets that never actually went on sale to begin with. Yep. So they take this portion of the tickets and don't ever put them up for sale and just immediately sell it to the resale sites so they can get more money out of that. And like as a K-pop fan, because <laughs> before when I was a normie, even though I don't think I was ever a normie, I like Justin Bieber. Never Believers seen. were not normies. Never. One Directioners were not normies either. Yeah, no. I was never a normie. You were never. But normie. it wasn't like K-pop level. It's not until you get into K-pop and you see the resale prices that you're like, holy fuck. They really, wow. We're like sitting ducks pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like we have seen especially for bts tickets not in an arena in a stadium so when you're in the 300 400 section in a stadium you're literally seeing seven little ants like you're not yeah you're just looking at the screen anything. you're not even looking at the stage at that point right for like a thousand dollars five hundred dollars six hundred dollars like girl mm -hmm. when bts first like came for ptd la in november of 2021 we were, we, I, I honestly feel like that was a whole miracle in itself. We both honestly. got codes. We got tickets for two nights. It was a genuinely like fine experience, even though at that point I was like gunning for sound check. Cause I really wanted to be there for like yeah. the first, 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 first interaction with army. But then those tickets went on like resale right off the bat. And there were tickets that were going up for $35,000. Like when, when yeah. you like for sound check, vip whatever barricades shit you yeah. want to call it like people were selling tickets for 23 to thirty-five thousand dollars. we saw it with our own eyes it was insanity like because they know that there's demand it was their first time coming back all yeah. this craziness it's ridiculous and like it it's sucks because we also recently have a different experience with buying tickets when we tried to buy straight kids tickets like a year or some ago we they came out again during work hours and I was in my car like coming back from work or I was about to leave work and I just kind of sat in the car trying to get tickets and like Kathy mentioned like you don't get tickets that well through your phone you know I don't know where were you were you at home or were you I was here yeah phone? I was here because I work from home so I, I remember I was sitting on my like kitchen bar and trying to wait for the queue because at this point I've gotten used to not having a, like a for some reason my internet my ticket master or whatever the universe hate me and I like no, don't make it through the queue on my when I'm trying to buy tickets but Laura usually does so I just like put all my trust in her and I'm like girl I'm sending you all the juju for you so yeah you got it you got through first so we went and like we tried to get tickets but every time we would go check out it'd be like 
another fan has snagged these tickets Sorry. or whatever the message is. Yeah. And so we tried, we tried, we tried. We I think I was in that car for like an hour. <laughs> it was after work. Like I was tired. But I stayed in that car for an hour trying to get tickets. And after a while, like Kathy and I were just like, we give up. Like it is what also, it is. Also, they were like 700 bucks for like the 300 section. It was. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was official platinum was turn on. Everyone yeah. was going crazy because Stray Kids is big here. And we were thinking about, hey, which city are we going to try to travel to? And we were like, yeah. oh, should we go to Chicago? It was during like uh, July, 4th of July weekend. So yeah. it was going to be like, we were going to make a whole weekend out of it. But guess what? We couldn't. Yeah. Like the prices were just impossible for us to work with. Right. And then when they canceled Atlanta because they got COVID and put out a new show and they put new tickets, again, we tried nothing <laughs> even so there were fans on twitter for months asking Ticketmaster for a resolution on the stray kids thing because they didn't know that the concert was canceled they didn't know it like no one got their money back it wasn't right. like that so it, for months Ticketmaster has been horrendous at communicating what is happening right. and they hold people's money like people need money to live like a lot of fans they this can't be said enough a lot of fans put their their money that is like their rent money and their food money and their yeah. whatever money like they prioritize it for the concert because they know that seeing their artists in person is going to be an unforgettable experience and for them it's worth it so they make that sacrifice and then they cut corners in other places to make that money come through for them like to be able to see the concert so right. yeah with stray kids like Ticketmaster held on to that money for months without knowing or letting anyone know what's gonna happen so we couldn't get tickets that way we were really bummed but ever since we started the podcast we've made a lot of k-poppy friends and a lot of our friends like stray kids so we were talking and talking and talking and we managed to get a suite for stray kids and even though it was expensive it was still cheaper than trying to get resale tickets and it included food and beverages. The value and that, the value was much higher than a regular right. ticket. And and the 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 service was so good. <laughs> it was so easy. It was so helpful. We worked with a state farm arena representative sure. called Caitlin. Our and BFF. she um my God, what a beautiful, beautiful process. Whenever we had questions, she would answer them. Whenever we needed um, an extra ticket because we decided like a friend could come or whatever, she was so helpful and it was so easy to do everything. And the pricing was fair, obvious, beyond and fair. fair. And it was just like, oh. Yeah, Ticketmaster hasn't gotten a hold of, of doing official platinum on suites because if they do, it's over for us. It's over, yeah, honestly, but yeah, it's like, over what, I mean, you say like, oh, we were able to do the suite. The suite was literally the only choice. It was like oh, the, yeah. only it was the only way choice. that we were able to secure the bag and see Stray Kids. But when I say we were able to, I mean like we had enough friends to well, yeah. be able to afford it. Yeah. And 
we were actually able to get a suite because they didn't have suites. I mean, they, they had, but they had like one left and it was like right. the girl leftovers on the side of the stage. And we we're like, whatever, right. fuck it. Anything to see Stray Kids live. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of like arenas, their suites are owned or like owned for a year or whatever by companies. So they don't actually sell suites. They just like the company owns it. So for whatever show, they can just request tickets or whatever. Yeah. So that was such a different experience and I love it. And I wish it was always like that, but it's yeah. not. And unfortunately, so I, I, I'm sorry, I'm ranting, but going back to Ticketmaster holding stays money for months. Ticketmaster held my money for Justin Bieber for about three years. <laughs> I bought Justin Bieber tickets uh, in February of 2020 for a concert that he was supposed to do in 2021 initially I think so they canceled the 2021 concert because of COVID mind you in between there was a change of venue that I didn't even find out like somehow the tickets were never in my account I always had to email Ticketmaster to get like a copy of the tickets because they never showed up in my account for some reason so that was weird. And so the first time the, the concert got canceled because of COVID in 2021. And then last year they moved it to, I believe it was June 2022. And that one also got not canceled, but postponed because Justin Bieber got is struggling with his current like health issues where half like of his an autoimmune disorder disease or just, yeah, that he has. Yeah. Right. So it it, it got postponed. We didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything about this at all. The only reason, the only reason I was able to get my money back was because I emailed them a couple of times saying, hey, is this canceled? Hey, is this canceled? Hey, is this canceled? Because if that hadn't been the case, I would have never known. I, I also bought the tickets with a friend's credit card, but I'm no longer like friends with that person. So I literally would have never known that they had gotten a re like uh, uh, their money back because there was nothing. There was nothing no because my tickets were never part of my Ticketmaster account. I would have never found out. It, it's the same thing happened with Jay Balvin. I was the one that had to reach out to Ticketmaster and be like, yo, he canceled. Give me my money back because they never said anything. I mean, eventually they said something, but it took a lot of time. No, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's absolutely angering. And well, with that information, let's talk about some current events that are unfolding mm -hmm. as we speak. There are no definitive answers on any of the following stories. It's mm -hmm. all literally happening. And that's part of the reason why we decided to record now, because we really wanted to kind of have a log entry per se of like what Ticketmaster is doing today and what is happening in the world and see what comes of it because we really like I can't give up hope that it's going to improve at some point mm -hmm. it's just it has to get better this is fucking ridiculous it's gotten out of control especially for k-pop fans which no one gives a fuck about and mm -mm. that's the worst part of course for us so because of social media, obviously, artists are acutely aware of the fans' feelings 
and they're getting all the feedback on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere that we are all suffering very heavily right now, both financially and frankly, like emotionally. We just want to go to a fucking concert, bro. Like it doesn't have to be this life or death situation. It really doesn't. So we all have heard by this time of Taylor Swift ticket sale situation where Ticketmaster botched the verified fan sale. They ran out of tickets way sooner than they were supposed to. Their servers weren't working. People got kicked out of the queue and had to go back in 40 plus times, like ridiculous things that Taylor Swift fans had to go through. Resellers galore. The tickets are up for tens of thousands of dollars on resale sites. So right now, Ticketmaster is facing or expecting to face lawsuits from around 300 fans of Taylor Swift who are claiming fraud, misrepresentation, and antitrust violations. And I hope they all fucking win. All of them. Every single fucking fan should win. They're asking for, I think, around $2,500 in damages each. So it's not going to dent a single like space in Ticketmaster's gigantic vault of money. But it has to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. also this this brought it to the attention of Congress because, again, now it's like, you know, not to go there, but it is, it is a white artist with a lot of fans, and now it's important. Fuck the K-pop mm-hmm. fans because no one gives a fuck about the Asian artist coming here. But now that it's a homegrown artist, it's a problem. So, I mean, whatever whatever it takes to get this problem solved. With Drake, as I mentioned before, they sold concerts for night, like concert tickets for night one at like two to three X the price. And then they released a second night for cheaper prices. So there's currently a Canadian law firm that has filed a class action lawsuit against Ticketmaster for allegedly inflating ticket prices. Allegedly, it's fucking fact. And then Beyonce, again, she has all the power in the world. She, when her tickets were going to go on sale for her tour, she took a lot of care in the back. It wasn't allowed for people to sell tickets at a higher price than whatever they went on sale for, at least on Ticketmaster. But even with all the precautions that she took, fans were considering traveling to Europe because the flight, accommodation, and concert tickets in Europe were still cheaper than going to see her in concert here. Like, it was literally insane. Like the the headline of one of the articles was Louisville or London. Like how batshit crazy is that? So that's still developing. And then the cure, which is a much it's it's I mean, it's a big rock act and people have been loving them for years, but their concert prices are not at the level of Beyonce or Taylor Swift or, you know, the production isn't either, but it's just good, pure music. So the cure put out their concert tickets. They had very affordable tickets for about $20 a pop, like towards the back. And even so, the fees were adding up to the point where it came out to $27 just in fees while the ticket was only $20. So when we were talking earlier about 20% or 100%, this is over what the actual ticket price was like uh, valued at. So the Cure Mm -hmm. had to talk to Ticketmaster on the back end and they decided to refund fans like 5 to $10, depending on how much they spent on fees. And they like reduce the fees and all this shit. And I'm just like, for a fucking $20 ticket, like they yeah. really are trying to milk and exploit Everything. the fans mm-hmm. at every turn. Yeah. It's ridiculous. 
Really? And again, on the K-pop side, no one cares about us. The the whole situation has been ridiculous. And, um, you know, on the government side, their Congress is currently trying to, like, figure out if they can break up this monopoly. And Ticketmaster, I'm sure, is going to pull up with a thousand fake things proving that they're not a monopoly. Bullshit. Biden introduced in February the Junk Fee Prevention Act and called on Congress to take action by prohibiting excess fees requiring fees to be disclosed at the face value of the ticket and mandating disclosure on any ticket holdbacks that would lower available supply for consumers. So that's what the government is doing. Allegedly. We'll see what happens. Uh-huh. I don't have a lot of faith. I mean, for me, at least for K-pop tours and here in the U S it makes sense to me that the companies aren't doing much like the K-pop companies aren't doing much in terms of Ticketmaster, because I understand that they are trying to break into the U.S. market. Mm-hmm. So when you break into a market, you just have to keep the status quo and accept whatever everyone else is doing. And in a way, <laughs> this is just me being bitter. K-pop companies are like quietly <laughs> screwing fans on the daily. So it's not that it's abnormal for, for them yeah. to screw us with ticket prices too. Like for us... The real frustrating part here is that we know that it doesn't have to be like this. We know we're being taken advantage of. We know, like, we work hard for our money. We have jobs that we have to ask for time off, to travel, to see the concert, to go and come back and all the things. And, and like, we know how much we put into this and we know that it, it doesn't have to be like this. So I'll share with you guys our experience of... We went to a concert in Korea when we went back in November. We bought tickets through Global Inner Park, which is the international platform where you can buy tickets with PayPal or your American credit card or whatever. So when the, the data of the tickets went on sale, first the Global Inner Park has like a little girl when you're in the queue that tells you like how many people are ahead and they actually tell you a number like 13,000, whatever. And then when it goes under four or 3,000, the little girl gets happy and excited that it's like your turn and whatever. But like you actually know how many people are in front of you and it's not the vague 2,000 plus, plus. which is much more reassuring or just like validating or just like people just need to know. Like we all need information. So that's the beginning. The Global Park has one shitty side, which is like you don't have an overview of like the whole venue like Ticketmaster does where you can see the empty seats. So you have to click through every section, which is painful. But at the same time, I think they do that on purpose to make sure that fans are doing the work of of just finding the seats and making sure that it's going to the real fans. So whatever. First day, actually, all seats were sold out. We couldn't find a seat. I gave up. I didn't think we were going to make to the concert, whatever. Two or three weeks after, I go, I go back on Global Inner Park to see what the status is with the concert. And just like, ah, maybe there's like a, a seat or two. Now there were a ton of seats, not a ton, but like, maybe a good like significant amount fifth or six percent of the venue was up for sale and then i was able to buy tickets that day so number one all of the tickets are priced at the same exact amount no matter where you're seated you can have barricade or you can have nosebleeds it's the same price it's I'm sure there's pros and cons to each side because if you're like, well, I want to see someone, I want to pay $20 if I'm on the nosebleeds and I'll be happy with the experience, but I'm not going to pay $150 to be in the nosebleeds. I get that. But there's a feeling of fairness that it doesn't matter where you're sitting, 
you're going to get the same show. You're going to watch the same show. So, and you know, yeah, like no one's paying over or under what you're paying. Everyone that went into that venue is paying the same price. So that's mm -hmm. one aspect of it that is different. The other aspect, which is hugely fucking different, is that with Global Park, they give you from the time that you buy your ticket, like a timeline of you can cancel your order and get your money back either completely or partially if you cancel by a certain date. In the case of our, and I think that they vary by concert. In the case of our concert, we went to see Treasure, which is a YG group, if that matters in the math. But when we went to see Treasure, I bought the tickets, I want to say in early October or mid-October, which was about two weeks out from the concert. And it said by that point that if I canceled the day before the concert, if I canceled my order up until 11 a.m. the day before, I could get up to 70% of my money back. It's which ridiculous. is almost all of it so and that's not only for concerts it happens with like flights too we we had to yeah. cancel a flight and we were i think we only paid like six thousand one of a cancellation fee or we lost that yeah from our deposit which six six thousand one at the time that we bought them was like five dollars four dollars less yeah mm -hmm. uh, of the flight ticket but you are able to cancel orders which like I know that it's a very different crowd in the U.S. and then in Korea, and people here different are flaky culture, as fuck. But... So I understand why companies make it extremely difficult for you to cancel, but it's just like you know, in Korea, it was like people bought it, they tried to sell the tickets, it didn't work out, so they returned them, and then fans were still able to go, and the venue was still sold out because if you see that there are tickets available day of, you can still show up. So right. it's just painful to know that things can be better because things are better elsewhere but in the u.s and i guess in some places maybe europe also the government does not care or protect the people in the way that they should there are antitrust violations left and right and monopolies are happening even though it's not supposed to and we are just screwed over and have to put up with whatever is left and it's crazy because even within this continent Ticketmaster has different rules in Canada um, based on this huge data analysis and like undercover work that I've been mentioning that this news source called CBC and I think it was Toronto Star 2 mm -hmm. did and so they placed like extra rules on Ticketmaster and Ticketmaster actually had to pay like a penalty um, because of being so shady. Yeah. So even within this continent, like there are different rules that apply to Ticketmaster. Now that you mentioned that, like I have to do one small, short little rant. Remember when mm -hmm. we were going to or we were trying to see 80s in Canada? Oh, yeah. And so because it was that was the only date that was good for both of us. So we... I was in the queue. I got through. There were tickets available because Canada did not have the shit show that was going on in the U.S. with the official platinum or whatever. I got the tickets. I put them in my car. I went through the whole process. Mind you, when I got on or into the site, it recognized me. It was like, hi, Catherine, welcome back, whatever. So it was like I felt like my account was good, like we were good to go. I get to the very right. end of the process to check out, and then it tells me that I can't buy the ticket without a canadian postcode because of my okay. like credit card or whatever being from outside and i couldn't do paypal like the website wasn't letting me do any other option 
So there's also that part of like, even like the communication is not there. And then I looked into it and I went on the back end for like the Q and a or whatever. And it said, like, if you're buying tickets from outside of Canada, you are not a priority. Canadian citizens are a priority, which honestly hearts to you, Trudeau, like whatever, do you it's, I get it. But also there was no communication from the moment that I got in the queue that I wasn't going to be able to buy tickets without a Canadian postcode or like a Canadian address or credit card. So they fucked us over in that other way. Like the, the, our stories with Ticketmaster are really endless. And uh, another one that we didn't really touch on, but Ticketmaster sucks. You hate the fees, whatever, but you expect it that because it's Ticketmaster, when you buy your overpriced ticket and you show it at the venue, you're going to be let in. Well, guess what? (laughs) That wasn't the case for a lot of Bad Bunny fans in Mexico City when they went trying to go see him. They bought tickets from Ticketmaster. And as they're going in, the little machine says, no, your ticket's not real. And they're like, what the fuck? So a bunch of Bad Bunny fans had to fight. I don't know if any of them made it, and I'm sure some of them did, but they had to fight with the people there showing that they bought the ticket legitimately. So even if you pay all these fees and all of this processing and whatever service, whatever, there's still a chance that you might not even make it because that money just goes in their pockets and not to actually make the site or company better but whatever it's fine yeah (laughs) on that note everyone go tell michael rapino or rapino however he pronounces it to go fuck himself because his pockets are lined with the money from our fees and our hard work and it's just bullshit really also i'm not advocating for actual hate just yeah we don't condone bullying just saying like you know because i have tweeted like good morning to everyone except michael rapino fuck you like i have tweeted that but i'm not asking for any actual like you know no no threats or none of that stuff just let him know that you are displeased and also call your representatives because Mm -hmm. congress is now involved so if you call your representatives and send emails and whatever we might actually be able to make a difference something crazy like that I don't know. We wanted to thank also everyone on our Instagram who replied to our question of their personal stories with Ticketmaster. So these are some of the things that we got. So Ticketmaster recently hasn't been letting me purchase anything, telling me it's a card problem no matter how many times I've used this card or how many cards I use, but I've purchased tickets on this account before. That's one. Official Platinum is the most predatory pricing practice ever. Uh, selling platinum tickets that stopped us from touching Wano or Monstax. <laughs> they don't have a phone number to contact them. So if you have an emergency with a ticket situation, they say that they'll contact you within the next 72 hours. Not very emergency friendly, if I say so myself. Enough for those Bad Bunny fans. Yeah. Mm-mm. The great Ticketmaster fiasco for Taylor Swift Eras Tour took years off my life. We have so many friends that got fucked in that so like, many. process so many friends someone said hell my sister and i tried to get tickets for taylor swift had a code got locked out of account and then someone else said they are horrible they need to do better when it comes to release and refunding so those are some of the stories that we got so thank you to everyone who engaged with us on instagram we know and feel your pain we've been there and yeah 
we're just here hoping that change is possible. And with that, we thank you for listening to us. If you have your own horror stories, love stories, maybe, mm-hmm. as recently Ticketmaster has gone on this rampage where if anybody tweets anything relatively good about them, they'll like retweet it a million times. Um, but if you're one of those people that have had a pleasant time with Ticketmaster within the last couple of years, let us know. We also like to hear the other side. Thank you for listening and bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MIA2K podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye!